Yo, thanks again for checking out the show. Once again, I am the host, 12 Kyle. This is the 12 Kyle podcast. And um, like I said, man, in the intro, we're doing something a little different. Uh, as I mentioned to you when I first started this podcast back in, I want to say back in January of this year, I said that, you know, we would definitely, you know, carry on the tradition of the 12 radio show in having, you know, hosts and, and, and things of that nature, guest hosts, because uh, I think that makes the podcast that's much, that much better. Um, you know, for as dope as I am, you don't necessarily want to listen to me for two hours. <laughs> but you did for, you know, for all those years of the 12 radio show. But the podcast, whole lot different. So that being said, man, I, I got to go back uh, with, with this host, man. We go back, we go back like dollar hoagies and Tahitian trees. So we go oh, back shit. like <laughs> like peanut butter and jelly. I mean, like the first podcast that he did, he had me on and we talked about did Mary J. Blige kill hip hop? Well, of course she, she did. She did. She did. Yeah, of, course, of course she did. But the voice that you hear in the background, um, the man needs no introduction, so I no. will give him none. Uh, my mellow, my man, Eclectic. What's going on, Playboy? What's the deal? People everywhere listening to this, um, you finally have a real reason to listen to this podcast because <laughs> I'm on this journey right now. Um, just, just, just keep this one just to your, your, the top of your Twitter feed and keep this one in your heart because it's going to be good because I'm up on it. There it is. He's so modest. Oh, so I'm at, I'm at, I'm at. Thank you for having me on the show. <laughs> so modest. So, I mean, every, we're going we're gonna to get into to, to the particulars in just a minute, man. But, um, you know, I think it's easy. Well, it's not easy, but it's always interesting when you talk hip hop and you talk groups because nowadays, if you look at the landscape of where hip hop is now, we're not going to talk about, you know, hip hop of today. But before we get it started, man, why do you think that there are no more, because like what we're about to talk about is hip hop groups, and we're going to give you the, the people that are listening the certified, official top five hip hop groups of all time. Now again, everything is subjective, so you know we may or may not agree on some groups, uh, and we probably won't, <laughs> but you know, but we're certified, and the reason why I say it's the certified is because me and my man Eclectic, we're tenured in hip hop. We're not we, I mean, we've been around and I, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, we've been in hip-hop damn near since its inception. So when we say something's official, it's official. So my first question to you before we get it cracking, mm. why do you think there are no more hip-hop groups anymore? Well, for whatever reason, there are no groups in any urban music anymore. Oh, that's a great There's, point. There's, there's, there are no more R&B groups. There are no more rap groups. Um, if you, if you think back, and I did um, a podcast based solely on this, in the '90s, there were at least 30 female R&B groups. Mm -hmm. This is not even counting the Jodeci's, BBDs, and all these females. And then all of a sudden, gone. Uh, Destiny's Child in 702. Were like the last ones, Brownstone, and you know they all break up. Uh, same with hip hop groups. Um, I think that the reason is greed. I think that um, when you see that you can get it popping by yourself, you're like, why bother splitting this money? Right. Um, why bother splitting the highlight? You know, the 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 spotlight. Um, 
and you got you got egos because see what happens what happened in hip hop and we're only gonna talk hip hop, we're not gonna talk R&B. Um, it became a business, mm-hmm. and so so before it was your man is spitting on the block, and then you go down the street and it's another dude that's fitting and then if you get cool with him because maybe your boy introduced them y'all get cool say let's be a group right. and and then they become a group and they were friends and it was they were just doing it for fun and hip-hop in its earliest inception was just for fun it was it was it was something to do something to keep you from doing something you shouldn't shouldn't be doing and um, it wasn't necessarily a business. It was like, oh, I can make a little change from this, so I can get me some new sneakers and a new outfit, and new radio. Bet this is this is even better. I don't even have to go get a job down at McDonald's. I can just, <laughs> you know. And and but then it turned into a, a for real business where you know instead of um, you rhyming with your boy, the. The, the record label put a group together like yo this is this is your new partner mm-hmm. and so then those those groups don't last those those because they're like eventually you're like oh, and I don't even like I don't even know you like that I'm, I'm not even <laughs> going to be right in a group that, and the, the groups that was always together that was friends those are the ones that lasted the longest but the other ones that was just manufactured because this person's hot and this person's hot or we just signed these two people but we can't really, we don't know what to do with them. We can't give them, you know, no personality. We don't know how to market them. So let's put them together, you know, and then, so here's ill and out scratch, you know, and, and now I'll say this though. Please don't say this. I'll say this. <laughs> I am a fan of ill out scratch. I don't I, know why. I am a fan. And at a different podcast, I'm going to explain to you why. But that is not why we're here today. And you know, some folks sometimes I question how or why we're we're friends. These are the moments I question how or why we're friends. <laughs> this this guy's favorite female rapper is Missy, and he's talking to me. He's talking to me about L L Scratch. Misdemeanor man, misdemeanor. I think she's cute too, but that's another story. See? <laughs> Nonetheless, See? ladies and gentlemen, again, me and my man eclectic. We're gonna talk. This is the certified top five hip hop groups of all time. As I mentioned, it's subjective, but we did come up with a criteria. Uh, here's the criteria for this particular uh, list. So now, again, I know it's always subjective. Anytime you have lists, you know, people have the MTV list, and they got the BET list, and Billboard had a list. Screw that. Well, this is the certain because you're hearing it from two people who are tenured in hip hop. We didn't just start listening two days ago. You know, we don't <laughs> we don't think Kendrick Lamar is the greatest since Rakim. So you got two people who know a little bit about hip hop. Varying up different opinions, but we know a lot about hip hop. So here's the criteria. First, these hip hop groups must have at least two albums. This is huge because uh, if you look back in the 80s and early 90s, you know, we had some one hit wonders. Uh, not so much as the group versions, but we did have some. So got to have at least two albums. Secondly, you have you must have at least one album that is deemed that you deem is a classic. Now, the aforementioned Ill Al Scratch, let's use them for an example. They didn't have a classic album, right? So we No, they did not. They absolutely (laughs) Okay, so we agree on that. Even as even as a fan, no, they did not. (laughs) So so you know, so that way we kind of get rid of some of the riff rap because I think when you start talking top five and you go certified top five, 
people, you know, tend, and, and we're, we're, we're going based on what we think is the best, not necessarily our favorites, Definitely. because I've got some favorites that I probably could make a case for putting in the top five that won't make the top five, and they may surprise you. Um, third category, you got to have at least two MCs in the group uh, that have rapped on at least two albums. For example, Gangstar and BDP aren't going to qualify because what? They only had one MC, um, both BDP and Gangstar. So that's the criteria. So when you see us, we're going to post it on the, on the website. We're going to post it on the blog. It's going to be on all of the socials. Uh, you'll see it so that way you'll have an idea as to how we came up with it. And again, we're not just spitting some off the head. But this is we we are certified and we understand exactly what this is. So, sir, I'm gonna start it off with you. Give me your number five group, and then I'll ask you some other questions about how. What well, I, I tell you, what give me your number five group, and then tell me why you rank them fifth. Okay. Uh, before I, before I do this, I'm gonna preface this by saying. The the five that we come up with should be the exact same five, probably a different order when we get to the top three. If they're not, you're in for a great show. <laughs> so um, my number five is Public Enemy. You're in for a great show. <laughs> number five okay. is Public Enemy. So how does P.E. get to be your number five? Why did you rank them fifth? Um, I ranked, all right, so what really made them, what really got them fifth was the fact that their second MC didn't rhyme a lot. Okay, that's very, so valid. very valid. So based, based on the criteria, it's like, well, it has to be an MC, two MCs around two albums. They got that. But it's but they just got in there, you know. So Flav just did enough to even qualify the group for this this criteria. Now, because he just did enough, it would have been criminal for me not to include them. Mm-hmm. But since you know the criteria, you know, so um, that's why they're fifth. They're also fifth because, in my opinion, um. They have the weakest discography, just about, um, of the five that I came up with. Okay, okay. Yeah. Okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Okay. That's that's very solid. Now, now, if you've heard me and E talk about it before, Flavor Flav did deliver Colanthic. Colanthic! Which happens to be this man's, one of his favorite P.E. songs. Oh my God! <laughs> the poker excitement in the I don't make pack of Franks and a big bag of Frito Lay's. Go laughing! Oh man, that song. And, and you know what's funny? We we've, we've talked about this, and I remember the first. I can't remember if I was on his show. Or he was on one of my shows. And when he said it, and like subsequently, every time I hear Cole Lampin, and I still listen to this album quite a bit. I still I, like the first thought is like. This is E's favorite song in this album. Like, that's just my vibe. Really that's my joint. His, his favorite song on one of the probably top 10 albums of all time in hip hop. Oh. Nonetheless, but that's, that is that is a great, great start right there at number five. Um, okay, so what's your favorite album from Public Enemy? 
my favorite, mm-hmm. not their best. My favorite. Not their best, but your favorite. My favorite is Yo Bum Rush the Show. Okay, okay. I love Yo Bum Rush the Show. It's my favorite. Um, Yo Bum Rush the Show. Um, currently, a, um, a, a group of and and, uh, and feel free um, to join in on this. We are trying our best to list our favorite, definitive, in order top fifty hip hop songs of all time. I'll, hey, I'll join in with it. That is hard. It is. That it is. is. But uh, the reason why I bring this up is because Yo Bum Rush the Show by Public Enemy has my number three favorite hip hop song of all time on it. And that was so, my Uzi Ways of Time. Uzi Ways of Time, right? Incredible song. So, oh, it is. but um, but but yeah, uh, Yo Bum Rush the Show is my favorite album by them. Um, I think that the masses. Would, would all agree that Nations of Millions is their best. Mm-hmm. All right, got you. And I, I'm, I'm feeling you on that. Uh, now, conversely, what is your least, your personal least favorite album from Public Enemy? Uh, <laughs> every, everything after Apocalypse 91. Uh, just how anything that you can pick. I'll pick one. Um, I will pick... Uh, he got game. <laughs> oh my gosh! How about that? That was awful. Yeah, I mean, well, you know, it wasn't awful, but it was. So this is why I was saying about the discography. It's yeah. Like after you know, so you had yeah, Russia show. You had Nations. Then you had Fear for Black Planet. Apocalypse '91 had a couple of joints on there. It started and, to tail off. In my opinion, in my opinion, Fear for Black Planet only had a few joints on it and after that it was just a wrap so now, I love Fear, Fear of a Black Planet see, I love that album I'm giving top them, to bottom I'm giving them a bad space hand I'm giving them two in the possible <laughs> yeah I love that album um, yeah that that is solid that is solid I, I, I will agree I think um, and, I, and I'll I'll go for, for I'll speak on it a little bit further when I get to them if they're on if they make my list um, my number five uh certified top five group of all time is the Wu-Tang Clan. Oh. Um, yeah. The Wu. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to let you go ahead and then I guess I'm going to get a chance to rebut. Of course. No okay. doubt. No doubt. Um, why I ranked them fifth, I think at the time that Wu-Tang Clan, Wu-Tang came out, we had never seen, I mean, like, and we say this a lot, you know, like, it was just groundbreaking. I mean, like, they literally broke ground because we had never seen that many MCs in a collective. They came from New York, but they came from this place that most people outside of hip-hop, you know, didn't really know about as far as Staten Island, as far as breeding MCs, even though Staten Island had MCs, but, you know, the masses didn't know about, you know, what was coming out of Shaolin. And I mean, the lyricism that they had, the martial arts vibe, I mean, and then subsequently what spawned from those albums, from that collective, uh, I think you gotta put, you know, and, and the solo projects are the solo projects, but I think you have to have them as a collective to appreciate the solo projects as well. Uh, the solo projects did factor in to some degree as far as me ranking them, in the top five, but I think just on the strength, uh, you gotta have Wu Tang in the in the top five. Um, I found as I was making my certified top five list that 
it was kind of like four and five. Well, I mean, a, a top five for me is always difficult because you only got five slides, you know, so you have to separate what you think is dope and then what you know is dope and then what you actually like. And sometimes the three of those don't mesh. Uh, that being said, man, I, Woo is my, they, they're at five. Um, obviously, favorite album is 36 Chambers. Um, that's an album I think is, you could make a case that is a top five. It was definitely the best album of the year in 1993. Uh, you can make a case that it's a top five, top 10 album in hip hop history. Uh, definitely one of my favorites. Uh, still get ma major replay from me. Um, and, you know, it's, it's one of those albums that I think will stand the test. It, I think it has stood the test of time when you consider how old it is and it still bangs to this day. Uh, least favorite album. To be honest, it took me a minute to kind of think of my least favorite album from Wu-Tang because I don't think, I mean, there was a drop-off, but the the clan was so high, or at least I think that they're so high, that even their drop was still above a lot of other groups. Um, I would probably say Iron Flag, and Iron Flag was a decent album. It wasn't your traditional Wu-Tang album. Um... And I think some of that have, may have had something to do with the, the inner strife that they were going through as far as recording and, you know, cats not showing up on albums. I mean, showing up for concerts and things of that nature. All of that stuff kind of lend itself to, you know, the, the strife that they may have had uh, in or in, a, in or outside of recording the album. Uh, still a dope album. Though. I, thought, I thought it was still a good album, just not on the same level as some of their predecessors. Um, but yeah, five for me. Wu Tang, Wu Tang. You you want to rebut that, sir? So I was putting the list together, and I thought, hey, you got to put Wu Tang in there. Mm -hmm. And so my issue is, as great as Enter the Wu Tang Thirty Six Chambers is, and I am a huge fan of Wu Tang Forever. The albums, the group, the group albums aren't that strong. Okay. And if if they never went solo, never did any solo joints ever, and you had just their discography to judge them with, they wouldn't be in your top five. You know what? I, I kind of struggle with it. And that's why I made the point that I'm going by your criteria. Right, right, right. No, no, no. And, and you're not you're not wrong at all. I think their solo projects help them push them, even though I'm still talking about them collectively as a group. But no, you make a great and, and that's the thing that I mentioned that about it being subjective that and that's the great part about this podcast is that I might have a point. You may have a counterpoint. That's, I, you know, I can't argue that well, counterpoint. That's why we're doing the show. Exactly. That's why. And, and then also one of the reasons why we're doing the show is because most of you listening, especially if you're coming up in this era, you probably don't know what a hip hop group is because you haven't seen one. <laughs> and, you, and you probably haven't seen a lot of good Come ones. Come on. They got the, they got the uh, good point. <laughs> what cash money? But see, but see, here's, here, here was my other reason why I couldn't put. Why that's, a, did valid, not... that's a very valid point. The other reason why I didn't put them in my top five is because really they're more of a crew or a posse than a 
group, meaning, you know, typically a group that all the members of the group are on every song. Right, right, right. Unless, but, unless, but, unless I mean, you, you know, it's kind of hard to get nine guys on listen, the song. I'm saying that's why I don't consider them a group. I consider them a crew. Right. You right, know, right. it's basically um, like um, Marley Mall's In Control Volume One is what their albums are like. Okay. It's just like I'm gonna be on this song. You two are gonna be on this song. You three are gonna be this song. This right. Method Man's gonna have his own song. So that's why I couldn't put them in there. But I know if you. If you're judging, and this is just because of the criteria that was given to me, mm-hmm. if you just say people that from the, from the name group, people classified under group, they're probably top five. Mm-hmm. If you say if they call themselves a hip hop group, and you got to use the whole collective, hands down. I mean, so, but mm-hmm. that's that's where I was going with it. Okay. No, no, that actually makes a lot of sense. It makes a lot of sense. Um, let's slide on to number four. Who you got at number four? Number four, I have a tribe called Quest. Okay, okay, okay. Now, why do you have a tribe called Quest at four? I have a tribe called Quest at four because the three above them the, because of the three above them, I couldn't justify putting them ahead of the three that I have above them for okay. for various reasons. Each has a different reason. One is because of consistency. Another one's because of legendary status, and and the other one's because of impact. So I couldn't really put them uh, above them. I had to put them above Public Enemy because mm-hmm. of because of the three albums they did. It's just so <laughs> solid, you know. <laughs> I don't understand why he's laughing. Okay, I'm laughing because according to my sheet here, Go ahead. a tribe called Quest made five studio albums. Yeah, not well, three. Listen, sometimes when you, you can't believe everything you get off the internet. <laughs> you don't believe everything you get off the internet. Don't believe Twitter. You be, you believe believe in me. Listen to me. So, the three <laughs> the three tribe albums. <laughs> Is is solid, and the both members of the group rhymed more than both members of Public Enemy. That's why they're ahead of them. Okay, okay, yeah. So now I got I got to stop there for people listening who've never heard our your 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 specific take on Tribe. And again, let me go ahead and put it out there: that both Ian and I are huge fans of Tribe Called Quest. Yes, no uh, doubt. If you've listened to us, I mean, he's done several podcasts on it. Um, and we've done several shows and we've talked about Tribe. Uh, but for those who may be listening for the first time, A Tribe Called Quest did drop two other albums after the three or four mentioned albums that he just mentioned. Uh, one uh, called uh, Beats, Rhymes, and Life. And then it's Rarities and Remixes. And then, and then one called The Love Movement. Mm. So he says that those albums didn't exist. What... Now I know I know that you were really disappointed when you heard uh, Beats, Rhymes, and Life because Consequence, a guy who came literally seemingly out of nowhere, ended up rhyming on the album, and it seemed like he rhymed more than Fife, but he didn't. But he, he was da- he was on damn near every track. But the Love Movement. When you heard the Love Movement, what was the first? What was your first thoughts when you heard the Love Movement? 
It's very interesting. Um, I am 100% certain that I have not heard that entire album. Wow. On purpose. <laughs> so when you first heard it, you didn't listen to it at least one at least one time all the way through? No. Wow. No. I was done with them. Wow. Once I knew what it was, and you could look and see, because you got to understand, this is close to 2000. Mm-hmm. So this is not the, this is, this is not the era where you grab something just off of name value. Strength, right. Yeah, this, this is, this is, let me see. Especially after you've been burned the last joint. <laughs> so, so. You weren't going to make the same, same mistake twice. Exactly. So, so you, so you grab, so you hear about it. And so then you're like, okay, let me ask some people what they think. And I heard nothing good. And then you, and then you look at it. And this is before they re-released it with like some extra good stuff at the at the end of the joint. I don't even remember that to be honest. <laughs> yeah, it was just straight. It, it seemed like basically they were literally trying to find their way. They made a song called "Find, find My Way." Right, right. They were right. literally. It, it was the magic was gone. It was gone. I couldn't. Got it. And, 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 I've, and, and I've, that had and to I've, hurt for a, a a a real tribe fan such as the show. True, true. And uh, a huge tribe fan and a huge native tongue fan. And I've to this day not heard a single person say, "Nah, man, you was wrong. You gotta, you gotta do it. You gotta listen to it." Nobody, nobody's confirmed. I mean, nobody's went went against what I confirmed without even having to bother me. I mean, you and I have talked about it, and debated about it, and I've and you know I've defended the group. But you've never heard me defend <laughs> defend that nah, album. Nah, nah, nah. <laughs> and I've never said, "Hey, man, you need to go back and listen to it," because yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I got them at four. All right, so you got them at four. So now I'm glad you were able to break that down there. So, okay, so you got them at four. So favorite tribe album. My favorite tribe album changed once Midnight Marauders came out. It was low in theory. <clears throat> Excuse me, but it changed to Midnight Marauders when Midnight Marauders dropped. So it is officially Midnight Marauders. No doubt, no doubt. Um, <laughs> I, I I would ask you your least favorite album, but since you don't qualify the other two albums that you said never were made, yeah. My first my first thing is People's Instinctive because they only have three. Okay, so of the three that you qualify, yeah. which is your least favorite tribe it's, album? It's People's Instinctive, hands down. Okay, okay, yeah. okay. Fair enough, fair enough. That's that's a very interesting take, very interesting take. Uh, my number four, certified top five, number four is going to be NWA. <sighs> NWA. Um, NWA, and he as he sighs. NWA, I think, man... The reason why I picked him at four, uh, I, I I was going back and forth between four and five, four and five. I think from a historical perspective, NWA definitely changed the game. Uh, you know, I'm not one of those people that say, well, they define or redefine gangster rap and all that stuff like that. I mean, in NWA 
if there was no NWA, you know, there wouldn't be a lot. They were responsible for a lot of music. And, and now that's their impact. But the music that they made was, like I said, it changed the game. I mean, it, it was a totally different sound. They introduced us to a whole new world that none of us were privy to unless you actually lived, you know, in those type of environments where they lived. But um, they made, they had great music. They The thing that almost did not put N.W.A. in my top five was their discography because they don't have a lot of albums. Now, you know, if you want to look at the N.W.A. family tree, which we did, which I did not use as far as, you know, why I should put them in top five or not put them in the top five. Um, if you look at their, their family tree, their family tree is incredible. I mean, like their family, the N.W.A. family tree has redefined rap, but that's not what this is for. This is the all time certified top five hip hop group. So as a group, the Hall of Famers, straight out of Compton, niggas for life. 100 miles and running those three albums get them in um and yeah nwa is number four for me uh my favorite album from nwa obviously is straight out of Compton. uh i mean what more can i say um that album is is i mean like you can still play it to the and if you're a hip-hop fan i think you probably should be playing this album uh I still play this album and I still get something from it each time that I listen to it. Uh, NWA man, straight out of Compton. And, I mean, who, who else comes out with the Police? I mean, and and you saw a lot of what NWA was about when recently when they had the movie. If you if you did not get a chance, if you saw the movie and did not get a chance to check out our review of the movie, uh, it's on E's podcast. Make sure that you check that out as well because that was me, E, and Jace. We did a, a real cool job on that one as well. Um, but yeah, so Straight Outta Compton is my favorite album. Um, least favorite album, I if you're gonna, I mean, Hundred Miles and One, it was an EP, but I'm gonna use it as an album. Uh, it's probably my least favorite because you know Cube wasn't on. Uh, Cube's my favorite, my favorite member of the group. So yeah, um, that's where I'm going. NWA certified number four. <laughs> okay, so. Wow. So this, this is and 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 preparing for this for this show, I looked at NWA and said, "Oh, I got to put NWA in." And they just they just got inducted to the Hall of Fame. They got a movie. Um, here's the thing: one, they only got two albums. Two, they only have one album with all the original members. That's a good point. Three. Mm, most people don't even really fuck with their second album. Um, this is akin to people putting Biggie in the greatest ever category when he only had two albums. <laughs> and this, and the second send, album. Send all emails to uh, send all tweets to at listen, please, because <laughs> because you know good damn well he's not in the top five greatest of all time. He's in the top five greatest dead. That's about it. Damn, Rashad. Just uh, listen. He's top five greatest dead. But so so now NWA only had two albums. One with the original members, and the second album was mm, okay at best. The other thing is, I mean, I can't put. 
even straight out of Compton, which is which is the classic album, it had some songs on there that you like. Arabian Prince, man. I mean, so listen. That's a skip for me. <laughs> listen, what I'm saying is this. Under this criteria and what you're giving me, mm-hmm. you didn't say you you, you didn't say uh, social or cultural impact. No, 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 no. no I'm, I'm, Listen, I'm just talking. I'm talking oh, okay, to the okay, people. Okay. I'm, I'm talking to the people. I'm not talking to you right now. He didn't say social, cultural impact, impact on the game, influence. None of this. He said these these albums, MCs, and so one of the things that I look at when I made my list was the number of I'll, I'll give you I'll give you what I did. I took his criteria and then I looked at it and then I looked at the songs and then I looked if I'm going all time, I'm looking at longevity. Right. And so when you factor in longevity and and consistent dopeness, because it's one thing to just draw out a dope album and then the rest of your cat your catalog is hot garbage <laughs> and it's another thing to to just put it like this it's like um even though i totally disagree with this people saying that tim duncan is the greatest power forward of all time he's a center but he's never wowed out and just blew you away with his stat line at the end of right. every season just he's just he's consistently dope and so where you know I look at NWA, NWA is more of um, hmm, they're more of they're more of a David Robinson. Okay, you know where it's like, hey, he's one of the best. He had he was he won the scoring title with a seventy something point game, right? And he killed it in Navy. Of course, he did. And subsequently got drugged by the dream, but right. That's what happens. But I I can't put David Robinson in the top five centers, but he's definitely dope. You can't say too much bad about him, and he's definitely in the conversation. He's in the top ten, probably. Maybe. So so I'm NWA to me is um David Robinson, Alonzo Morning. Okay. That's a fair that's a fair enough comparison. Okay. Uh side note. I'm just gonna throw this out there since you mentioned it. Now, and you know, anytime we talk, we we can jump off topic. Uh, Tim Duncan is he the best of his generation, or would you say Kobe? It depends on what you define generation to be. I mean, I, tell I me the start it, and tell me the end, and then I'll answer the from, question from that from the 19 years of their career. Um, if you go career for career, because you could make a case. That Duncan is just as good, if not better, than Kobe. I would say that. Um, all right, so let me let me show you how I'm breaking this down in my head. Go ahead, go ahead. Kobe benefited from having top three center of all time on mm-hmm. his team. And he benefited from um, a pretty, pretty good coach with a pretty good scheme for a lot of for a lot of his career. And and he benefited from watching multiple VHS tapes. Of Michael Jordan, <laughs> come fly and, with me. 
and 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 do, <gasps> doing an MC Shan, still hugging a nut. Duncan benefited mm-hmm. from being seven foot tall, playing a power forward position because he's a center. Right. Having a really good coach and playing when the rest of the West was not really that good. True indeed. I think that Duncan overall had better teammates. He had a team, whether whereas Kobe had either him or it was a duo. Gotcha. He never had a full team, team where he could, right. he could just where he could sit on the bench or when he could have a night where he scored ten points and they were still gonna win. Duncan could go had ten points and two rebounds and they still would win. There you go. So with that being how I'm thinking, on an individual, it has to be Kobe. Mm-hmm. But if you're gonna say who's the greatest, it's like uh, the whole it's the whole thing about and, and most people listen to this never had this argument, but it was uh, Jordan versus Magic. Right, 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 right. I guess Jordan's the better. He's the athlete. He's but Magic is the ultimate teammate. Mm-hmm. So it depends on what you're looking at. So if you want a guy that's going to go out there and take over a game by itself, you got to roll with Jordan. But if you want a guy that can take over a game and play every position and get the rest of the team involved, mm-hmm. then you want to go with Magic. Now, um, no one's going to say that everyone knows that Jordan's the greatest player ever played. So this is not me saying... It's magic. Magic is, in my opinion, either two or three. He doesn't. Gotcha. He doesn't gotcha. go lower than three. No question. Regardless no of who you question. put in there, he doesn't exactly. go lower than three. <laughs> Same so, here. Same here. So, but um, I, so if you go in individual, if you go in how we judge people, how we rank people, um, we're gonna go. We're gonna go Kobe. And I, and uh, truth be told, there's few. There's really few. Players, NBA players that I hate. It's <laughs> the, the only ones that I can think of that come to mind is Carl Malone. Oh yeah, same here. And Kobe Bryant. <laughs> I despise. <laughs> the, I love it. Um, um, and and all you know, pulling back the curtain. As as a young guy, I was a Lakers fan, huge Lakers fan, because I was a Magic fan. Okay. Okay. I was a 80s baby. I was a Laker fan when they had Nick Van Exel and Eddie Jones. Eddie Jones, right. I was a Lakers fan when they had Anthony Peeler and Sedell Three. Oh, shout out Dale Harris. When they drafted Kobe, I was done. <laughs> I love it. The press conference, I was done. He had the stupid shades on the top of his head. I was done. They got rid of Vladdy for dude. I was done. So, anyway. That was the answer to the question, and that was my rebuttal for your NWA. There you go. See, so, I mean, ladies and gentlemen, you guys have heard him on here before, but again, the man knows a little bit more than hip-hop. He knows, but we got to, I might have to get you back on. We we can, you you got me thinking about some sports stuff we can hit, too, as well. Very well-rounded, sir, this this Mr. Eclectic is. Um, All right, so we're at number three. Number three. Number three. Who's your certified number three top hip hop group of all time? Certified 
top three hip-hop group of all time is Eric and Parrish making dollars. EPMD. Number three. EPMD is in this to win this. Brand new LP, (laughs) Soul Mind Your Business. All right. So break it down for the folks as to why you rank them at number three. The reason I've ranked EPMD at number three is because, in my opinion, they're kind of the first version of rap group where the two individuals are really playing off each other well and have a good camaraderie and seem like friends. Run DMC did it, but you could tell the end. I mean, it just wasn't. It wasn't as polished. Mm-hmm. It was still raw when Run DMC was doing because they were the first to come out. Really, you know, except because before then you had you had Doctor Jekyll, Mister Hyde, but you had the Funky Four plus one more and the Free Stops and all of them. You didn't have a, a real duo except for Jekyll and Hyde. And so, but EPMD came in and they took what Run DMC established, and then they mixed it with what KRS and Kane were doing and Rakim were doing. They mm-hmm. put it all together. You know, whatever that looks what makes something else stronger, but they put it together and they came out with something different, something new. And they were the last, in my opinion, to use that formula too, because after that, you had your Tribe Called Quest and you had your uh, Camp Low, maybe. I love Camp Low. Yeah. And, um, but it was, um, it can't close to the EPMD and the Tropical Quest. But, um, the way that, the way that they would rhyme, the, here's the thing about EPMD. Their rhyme schemes, incredible. The lyrics were incredible, but they had themes. They give you the Jane series and they give you Gold Digger and they give you so what you're saying based off of what they did on the previous album. So people, people around town talking this and that and how we sound like the R and the music was white. So people rebutting the, the the criticism that people have. You know, they didn't just make an album just to make an album. They came out and said, listen, this is what it is. If you don't like it, basically get the Bozak. Right. But, but they were, um, and they were the first group to consistently sample themselves on their albums mm-hmm. like they would sa- they were so dope that they would sample a song or some- something that they said two songs before in the in the track list so you would hear a song for the first time because you just heard it and then right. two songs later they scratching that part in right it's, inc- it's, it's incredible nobody does that um and uh, behind besides that the, the themes of the the albums the business thing i mean it's so much went into epmd that goes overlooked that and this is why i did a whole podcast about them and this is why i big up them whenever i can because i mean something so simple as strictly business unfinished business business is never personal business as usual you know, out of business. Out of business. When right. they break up, they're gonna say we're. Out. I mean, little things like that. The, the fact, like I said, they had the chain. They even threw some. They, they had a couple of, you know, too much to drink. But 
I mean, you can see where their head was at. <laughs> but um, um, and 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 this is not even going towards the the squad that they created and all that. This is just um, how they how they brought the funk into hip hop because people are like, well, Dre did it. What Dre did on the early NWA joints was basically take a Parliament song and duplicate. Mm-hmm. He did to chop it up, whatever you want to call it. He did. <laughs> no, he literally played the track. If you listen to Ghostface, I love Ghostface. This Ghostface fan, he's one of the few people that will play a song and just rhyme on top of it while the real song is playing, not the instrumental. <laughs> on top of the song, and I think it's dope. But basically, what Dre did, like, um, um, we want easy. Mm-hmm. The song is we we want Bootsy. Right. And the song is it's the exact same. It's the exact same song. But what Eric Sermon and Parrish did, they would chop and loop and reverse and they would give you they would give you a lot of stuff. So EPMD, um EPMD, I got it at, at three. Okay. Um favorite album from EPMD. My favorite album is Unfinished Business. Whoa. Whoa, whoa. That's my that's my Your favorite. favorite. Okay. That's not their best. Okay. Their best is strictly business, but my favorite is unfinished business. So so why does unfinished business get the nod for you over uh, strictly business? Because when unfinished business came out, it was it was one of the and it was one of the only times. It might be the only time that a hip hop group in my eyes had a progression from one album to another, but acknowledged it and kind of showed you. So it's like most people, most groups, first album is their best album because they've been spending their whole life to make that album. Um, And when most people um, um, debate about albums, they mostly all agree that this one is, you know, their first one is their best. Um, but when Unfinished Business came out, they started with, so what you're saying? And it was basically just saying, listen, everyone was like, Strictly Business was dope, but they got, what he say on that? Um, it wasn't me, it was the fame. They got lucky on Strictly Business, but watch the next one crumble. And so they basically came out and said, listen, the employees of the year, yeah, we're back to work. <laughs> they, came back, they came back and said, listen, it wasn't a fluke. And we're going to tell you on the first song, the first track, the first single, the first video of this album that we back and this is and we still crushing it. And then they had the total chaos and get the Bozak and Jane 2. Please listen to my demo. So they get and they gave you things. It was like when you when you hear Strictly Business, there was the first album. It was like, hey, we we hear we rocking. But then on Unfinished Business, they gave you please listen to me. I'm like, let me tell you how it started. It was right, just the equivalent right. to a flashback in the second season of your favorite TV show. Exactly. And so um so it was that album was just it was the first album with growth. It was like it was growing up. It was like freshman year 
and that was sophomore year, but it wasn't the sophomore slump. And 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 that's why that one. I I, I just love that album. The production was crazy on that album. Mm-hmm. It was um, strictly business had basic production, but so what you're seeing had complex. It was it seemed like they was really like, nah, we about to we about to get busy on this. We we didn't get lucky on that other one. We gonna show you. It looked like they really went into the lab and put work into their lyrics, into the production, into the track sequence and everything. And it was evident on the album. And even back then I could I could hear that. So yeah. Okay, okay. Um I conversely, I personally and, and I can say this because EPMD did not make my certified top five. I love Strictly Business better, but I totally agree with you as far as the progression and the growth of Unfinished Business. Because that album, I mean, first and foremost, after you, you've had a chance to digest Strictly Business, it's, it's kind of hard to, to, to put into words, but as a hip-hop fan, we were eagerly anticipating um, Unfinished Business. And nobody, and again, for those of you listening, this was the pre-internet, so we we didn't know how it was going to sound, how it was going to look. They came out, they dropped the video, and I think the, the video for So What You're Saying came out maybe a week or two before the album dropped, and we saw the album cover. I remember seeing the album cover before I saw the video, and album cover like, is classic. It's like I mean, it was dope as hell. I mean, like it's one of the probably top ten <laughs> hip hop album covers of all time. Definitely. So you know, I, I love that album. I love both albums. I just strictly business uh, just holds a little bit more sentimental value, but still both two incredible albums. And your case for making it for for them making uh, the the top five. So I, I can't disagree. Um, what about your least favorite album from EPMD? <sighs> hmm. Um, my least favorite. I guess my least favorite is We Mean Business. Um, really, it's out of business because that was that was them saying, "Look, we done." Right. But 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 sonically listening to it, it's We Mean Business. And the reason behind that is they they fell victim to, hey, let's have features, let's have somebody on every every song down there. And so um, I wasn't a fan of that. And it was just you know it wasn't like it wasn't like the first time they came back where they was like, yeah, we back and we EPMD. Mm-hmm. This time it was we we making an album. We we just gonna make an album. It was the first time where they actually put something out where I felt like they were like we going through the motions. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and and a lot of groups, a lot of act, hip hop acts fell victim to that. Um, unfortunately, a lot of groups fell victim to that as well. Um, I, I, I feel you on that. My number three was a group that you already mentioned, a tribe called Quest, comes in at number three for me. Um, why do I rank them three? I think Tribe just, I mean, first of all, the, the collective of the native tongues, I mean, it goes without saying they were, they were the most successful. Uh, first and foremost, rest in peace, fight. Um, but to go from people's instinctive, and I said this before, I'll say it again. Uh, when people's instinctive came out, I think the first video was uh, Left My Wallet and El Segundo. Which, you know, wasn't a, a, it was a decent song. It was catchy or whatever like that. But 
the look and the vibe that they had in their videos. And for the most, for most of us, that was the first time that we had seen or heard of them. And so, you know, it was just, it was different. They, they, they brought something totally different. And then if you listen to People's Instinctive, like I really didn't, I really couldn't appreciate how dope People's Instinctive was until Low End came out. Now Low End, I mean, the emergence and the rhyming skills of Five, the Five Footer, aka the Five Foot Assassin, uh, I mean, was crazy. I, I, I mean, because he did not rhyme on People's Instinctive the way that he did on Low End Theory. Uh, that in and of itself, I think both albums were, and a lot of hip hop heads deem uh, both albums classics. Uh, so, and then that third album, which leads into my next feature, is my favorite album, much like you. The one, one of the few things we agree on, mm. Midnight Marauders, is my favorite album. Now, again, I've talked about it, I've tweeted about it a few times on Twitter, and every time I tweet it out, it's a very unpopular opinion because everybody comes back and says, nah, man, low, nah, son, low end, low end. Personally, I just think that album is better. I will listen to both of them, and most of the times when I listen to Tribe, if I'm listening to the albums, I will listen to Midnight, and then I'll listen to Low End, and then I'll listen to <laughs> then I'll listen to People's Instinctive, and I kind of stop there. Sometimes I'll, I'll go into Beats Rhymes like... Um, uh, but that's another story for another day. But again, incredible discography. I think um, they a tribe called Quest birthed a lot of MCs. They birthed a lot of different groups. Um, but again, we're not talking about that. We're talking about just on on the strength of their albums. I was just giving you a little uh, historical significance to the group. But um, just on the strength of those, I, I think. When you talk about hip hop and you talk about hip hop groups, um, you could make a case that their first three albums are the best first three albums of any hip hop act. You could make a case for a Tribe Called Quest group or solo. So uh, that's why I have Tribe at three. Um, least favorite album, the aforementioned Love Movement. Uh, unlike my man E here, I have listened to the Love Movement all the way through uh, a couple of times. It's it's not a it, it was just like you know how like you, 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 when you were you, when you were a kid and you know Timmy from next door comes by, he wants you to come outside and play, and you really don't want to come outside and play, but he's begging you and he's like, come on man, we don't have enough people, you know, we only got nine guys, we need you to play, ten, you know, we need you to make the ten so we can play basketball, and you really don't feel like playing, and then you just say, you know what, all oh, the hell with it, I'll just come out there and play, but you really don't feel like playing, it's hot, you don't want to get your joy scuffed up, you know, so you, you go out there for all the wrong reasons, your jumper is not falling, you, you know, you're not feeling it, you're just out there just going through the motions, that's what the love movement was. It was, I mean, Tribe knew that that was it. I think, and you probably can correct me if I'm wrong, I think that was the last contractual album that was due to the label. So, I mean, they just put it together, and it's it's a blemish on a otherwise stellar, you know, discography. Um, but, you know, I'll put those first three albums up against anybody. But um, much like what he said, I, unlike him, I, <laughs> I have listened to the album all the way through. Okay. Uh, now you feel a buster. Let me yeah. ask you a question. Go ahead. Are you one 
one of the people who believe that bad movies and a trilogy or a movie series ruins the good movies in the trilogy. Meaning how The Matrix came out. Mm-hmm. Incredible movie. Right. But The Matrix sequels, in my opinion, were terrible. And it kind of, for some people, it kind of taints The Matrix for them. Are you one of the types of people that feel that? That feel that sometimes um, sequels can taint the overall product? Um, not really. I, I, I try to find the, the good in a lot of stuff. So I don't, I don't necessarily... I try to look at them more or less individually uh, more better than a collective. Now, there's some things that, you know, you, you just when the movies are just that good, you, you don't want them to, you know, like you, you just say, okay, like there was talk about uh, like another New Jack City. I mean, like you don't really, need, I don't think you, and then there's so many years that have passed since New Jack City happened. I think New okay. Jack City came out 91. I mean, like, so what, what can you do? Nino died at the end. Like, you know or I mean? so, did he? Yeah, right. Well, that's true too. But, um, but nah, I just, you know, like, I, we came up in the 80s, so the Rocky series, um, Rocky, Rocky 2, II, Rocky 3. I thought Rocky 3 was, you know, one of the most funniest movies I've ever seen in my life. Um, you know, Rocky 4, yeah. you know, I think they did with 5 and 6. I don't know. I didn't even bother to watch. And in so, some, some respects, people feel that it hurts nah, the Rocky brand. Okay, so you're not one of those people that feel that. Okay, remember that when we talk out loud. So, <laughs> just just keep a pin in that. Keep a pin that you feel that way. Right. That you feel that later on, later on, whack stuff does not affect the overall... <laughs> All greatness. Okay, uh, you just keep, you put a pin in that. We'll talk about that. Accidental races, right? Okay. We'll, we'll <laughs> so, put a pin in that because that's how you feel. And this is what so, I'm gonna say. Go ahead. About your tribe called Quest. I have them in my top five. They 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 just got in there, but they're definitely there. Once you get to top three, though, that's where I had to be a little. Picky. I had to be restrictive. Mm-hmm. I had to. I had to. If 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 I'm um if if I'm running a college and I get all of these reports in, who I'm gonna bring in? And I get a whole bunch of 4.0s. Then I gotta start looking at, or well, did they play sports? Or were they on the debate team? Right. And and if they play sports, did they? Did they play sports all four years? Or did they start it? You know, so I gotta, I gotta, I gotta filter it out. And I think that most people, the masses, would put Tribe Called Quest as number one, two, maybe three. Mm-hmm. And I think that has a lot to do with sentiment and age. Okay. I think a lot of people there that was the group or one of the groups that they first heard when they in the hip hop. Mm-hmm. And 
it, it, they have it has sentimental value because most people most people that's gonna do a podcast and most people that's on, that's Twitter that's you know really active on Twitter they first heard they they was growing up right at the end of low end theory and they really lived the Midnight Marauders era. And so when that's what you know, when that's all you know, then you're going to say, oh, well, they, they're the greatest. And they totally ignore anything else that came after that. <laughs> because by the time anything that came after that, they was looking at these other groups. And they, because they were like, I right, get out of here. They were looking at because it was whack, but also because other people was coming up in the late nineties. Right. So, I think being subjective, you can't have them in the top three. You sentiment. If you if you're looking at facts, you can't. If you're looking at sentiment and emotions, of course they're gonna be in the top three. And that's just that's 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 my opinion on here. And what I try to do is I try to be I try to give myself my own criteria, my own facts checking and 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 check right. checklists checklist and say, look, this is what it is. Even though I listen, spoiler alert, in my top ten groups of all time, UTFO is in my top ten. <laughs> Shout out to the Kango Kid. Yeah. So, but if and in my playlist, I play UTFO's first two albums way more than I play Tribe's first two albums. In my real life, tragic. No, it's not tragic. It's just what I. <laughs> it's just what I prefer to listen. No, no, to. I, I got you. I got you. I'm messing with you. But but I'm never gonna come on here and be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. UTFO's the top two, son. <laughs> <laughs> but if I allow sentiment. Right. Maybe I'd be like, look. Well, I think I, you make a you make a good point, and I think you could make a case for sentiment playing a part or not playing a part. I mean, I try to much like you, especially when we, we talk certified top five. I try to you know remove the emotions from it, but obviously you know and it's it is emotions when you think about it. I mean, when you feel like you said, because a lot of us were introduced to tribe at that impression way, and then we so we grew up with tribe, so. When five passed, you know, that hit us because even though we may not have known five personally, like five was our homeboy. Like we we knew, like we couldn't believe, like you just couldn't believe that five had passed because like we just saw five a couple of days ago. You know, like it was but, like one of those things like that. But here's the here's the thing, and this is this is my side, and people listening, we're always like this. But my side, my side is this: five passed. But that didn't push Tribe up for me. No. It, it was like he he passed, and but they still where they were. Right. But for some time, some people it'll make it'll push them up. It'll push them up a little bit. Like Prince passed, and it was like, well, he was already fucking the greatest dude ever. So it didn't help. It, 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 we didn't Same push him up. <laughs> it was like you can't really go any further up. Right. But people did that for Mike when Mike passed. I'm like, I wasn't fucking with Mike for about ten years before he passed. So I'm not dealing with dude. Yeah, like that's the downside of social media, and I saw that a lot too. I saw a lot of people talking about, you know, how 
and I, a lot of them spoke as far as you know Fife's influence and stuff like that after he passed and what you know. And I was like, well, was it Fife's influence or was it Tribe's influence? Mm-hmm. And then my my thing was, and I asked, I just I wasn't trying to be a jerk. Well, maybe I was trying to be a jerk, but somebody had mentioned something on my timeline on Twitter, and I was like, well, did you get Fife's solo album? Right. You know, like if if you if you were really rocking with Fife, then you you was checking out his solo joints too. And you know the the solo, I mean. Was it tribe stuff? No, it wasn't. But I mean, if you were really rocking with them, then you know it's don't don't get on here and perpetrate. I guess that's what I was going at, you know, in, in an indirect way. Same for Prince. You know, you and I both have talked about we, you know, had people and, and talked to people on our shows and debated. You know, like it wasn't even really close for Purple Rain and, and Thriller to me. No, you know, it, 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 you and I both agreed on that. So it was just I don't know, man. I, well, it's it's these it's these people, man. It's just, it's but it's it's this generation, but it's also the lack of a better word, weak people of even our generation. Because you got people. Oh yeah, man! I've been a Warriors fan. <laughs> like that's the biggest. and so and so <laughs> and so then what they'll do? What they'll do is since Run TMC. Like because everybody knows in our era, run right. to see. But we knew them, but we wasn't really rocking with the Warriors. Nobody was rocking Nobody with was the rocking. Warriors. The Warriors always sucked our whole lives. Let's, yeah. let's let's keep it real. I mean, no. like if you're not from Oakland, that area, you know, yeah, area. I, I'm, if you say you're a Warriors, man, I'm not. Yeah, and so when Springwell's choking coaches, you wasn't rocking no. it. <laughs> but the Warriors stop it. And but but this is what people would do. Soon as soon as someone passes, as soon as someone becomes successful, all of a sudden, you know how many brand new Patriots fans was in the '90s? You know, um, um, so it, that type of thing happens, and I just—that's how I, I just look at people, and I just—I I can't do it. But anyway, we, we're getting off topic. Yeah, yeah. Um, we're, um, we're, you know, uh, this, this is a great spot right here to take a quick commercial. Take, take a break. Let's take a quick commercial break. We're gonna come back with the certified top two uh, of all time. And, and there's gonna be some disagreements. There's going to be some disagreements because I know my man here. I know what his top two are. So. Yeah, damn sure. And everybody <laughs> else should know, too. So don't touch that dial. We'll be right back in a second. Hang on. Please calm down. The music and everything. Everything. I said, um... I went and bought me an outfit today that costed a lot of money today. You know what I mean? Because I figured that Wu-Tang was going to win. I don't know how y'all see it, but when it comes to the children, Wu-Tang is for the children. We teach the children. You know what I mean? Puffy is good, but Wu-Tang is the best. Okay? I want y'all to know that this is ODB and I love you all. Peace. Thank you, Mr. Is this us? I'm confused now. <laughs> and just like that, we are back. Mm. It's your boy 12 Kyle in the building, and I got my mellow, my man, Eclectic. And we're talking about the certified top five hip hop groups of all time. Now, right before the break, we stopped at number two. Just for you scoring at home, I'm going to read to you 
my top five, and I'm gonna read you Eclectic's top five. Now Clark's I had top five. He had Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde. <laughs> he had the Fat Boys. Yeah, Ill and Out Scratch. And now we're gonna go for the next two. Yeah, I had Wu Tang Clan at five, NWA at four, Tribe Called Quest at three. Uh, he had Public Enemy at, at five, a Tribe Called Quest at four. Number three, Eric and Parrish making dollars. All right, so my man, number two, who is the number two certified top five hip hop group of all time? The number two, who I have a number two, who, in my opinion, I'm listen, I'm being as subjective as possible here. If I put emotions in this, this group would be number one, but I'm not. Mm-hmm. Number two. Day La Soul. <laughs> of course you knew it. Listen, so I will explain how they got to number two. Because I know that people who are listening to this, and I know that the people who are also on this show do not agree and would never do this. Let me explain. De La Soul. And this is not even my opinion. This is fact. De La Soul is the consistent, consistently dope hip-hop group in the history of hip-hop. I say this is fact because they started in 1988, really 87, if you're buying 12-inch singles. And they made dope music as recent as 2016. You cannot say that for any other group to span over three decades. So, um, the lyricism is underrated, but it's there. Poss and Dove are dope on the mic. They don't get as much props because they're in a group. Most people in groups don't get props of lyrics. The only people that get props and lyrics in groups is um, the locks. Right. Those are the only ones. Nobody else in the group ever. EPFD, they don't really get any props. Uh, Tip and Five, they don't really get any props on an individual joint. But um, Pasta Noose is one of the dopest lyricists in hip-hop but you know that's what happens um so they the other thing about de la soul is how i said before or that when people debate mcs or groups most people agree that the first album is the best album mm-hmm. and at the bare minimum or at the maximum rather when the debate reaches a lot of people they'll go back and forth about two albums like how we would go back and forth about Midnight Marauders versus Low End Theory right. nobody's right. gonna say People's Instinct was their favorite Right. nobody's gonna say any whatever happens after Midnight Marauders is their favorite when they talk EPMD they're gonna say Strictly Business or Unfinished Business nobody's gonna say anything else is their favorite so the debate at a maximum is two and this goes to almost every group or MC except for De La Soul. Okay. 
because you people would argue three feet high rising uh, when the source meant something five mics they, they would they would argue De La Soul is dead when the source meant something five mics can't but, but I know people that would say the grind date I know people that would say mosaic thump I know a lot of people that would say stakes is high that's five different albums and 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 stakes is high came out in 96 the grind day came out in 2004 we're talking about a group that started in 87 it's making songs that people and making albums that people were like nah 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 this one you don't have that that's longevity and that's consistent dopeness it's under the radar because they don't they don't have commercials they don't have they, you know, they they not out there like that. But if you're being subjective and looking at the actual factuals, De La Soul, De La Soul is dope. That's it. You make you make a strong, strong case for De La Soul, man. You make a strong case for. I knew they were going. I knew where they were going to land for you. Um, favorite album from De La Soul. This is why it's so tough, man. I. Can't, it's so hard. This is the only group that I'm just like, it could be, it could be literally seven different albums. It could, it could really be. Seven I say three, albums. but I got you. For me though, it, right, it really, right. really could be. And for the normal person, three or four. But for you know a big, big fan, it could be six, seven albums. I'm gonna go with De La Soul is dead. And the reason why I'm going to go with De La Soul is dead is because I remember, and this is almost like the EPMD thing. This was not necessarily or not only a progression. This was, this is why De La Soul is dope. They are the only group to really change direction and change theme and change what they rhyme about, change kind of what they doing on just about every album and still make it dope. On the Three Feet High Rising joint, they was, you know, having a good time though. But they had the Daisy Age. De La Soul is dead. They killed it. Everything that made that five mic joint, the five mic, everything that you thought or you knew about De La, they killed it. On the, they had the, it was the Daisy Age, the inner sound, y'all. On the cover of De La Soul's Dead was a broken pot with a dead Daisy in it. They were done with it. Right. Totally changed it. Right. Changed Ballo- the game. Balloon Mind State, the, the album after that, they went to y'all doing a whole bunch of pop stuff. Nah. F that. That's what Balloon Mind State was. Balloon. It might it might blow up, but it won't go pop. That was that was that album. Stakes is high. Spunkin. They was like, listen, hip hop was turned into a business, but you still got a responsibility to the culture and to the people. Mm-hmm. We understand the stakes is high, but listen, this is what stakes is. That's what he says. Stakes is high, but we're gonna try to have fun this year. You know, um, and then the AOI 
ass series. That was just straight. Tough, that's that's just straight hip hop stuff. Yeah, that, was, that was a tough ass album. I, I mean, so I mean, but no other group can do that. No other group even would try to do that because you would alienate your fan base in some respects. People would be like, "Well, what is this?" But they were they did and they executed so dope that it was like this is this is crazy. So, but Dale Soul is dead is my favorite because. When, like I said, when they first came out, it was this. You get the album, they had a gigantic comic book, and you read stuff about it. They had to turn the page, think mm-hmm. like you like you in grade school. But then Daylight Soul is Dead came in. They did another. They did like a, a, a on the the first one was a game show. The second one was a story, uh, basically about some people hating Daylight Soul. <laughs> And they threw his tape, threw the De La Soul tape in the trash. And uh, the dude got him was like, nah, this is good. So listen, De La Soul's Dad is my favorite album. I'm not even sure if it's the best. Now, if your next question is, what is the worst De La Soul? Or your, or your, not worst, but your least uh, favorite. You know, album. worst or least favorite. Um, Balloon My State. Nah, I love Balloon My I didn't like Balloon a lot of people a lot of people a lot of people didn't a lot of people didn't like it and then it was a it was a small group of people that just didn't get it but when you get it and listen to it again so um, my least favorite might be mosaic thump it might be art of the first AOI joint mosaic thump okay okay the second AOI bionics is I could, yeah. But Mosaic Dump is incredible too. I know a lot of people that's their favorite album, but I'm gonna give it even. Oh, I had the song with Shaka on it too. But nah, nah, nah. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Mosaic Dump. Okay, okay. Um, it, they did not make my top five, so I can talk about them. Um, I'm gonna be honest. This was it was hard keeping them out of my top five. Um, for for many of the reasons that you named, uh, De La Soul is one of those groups that I think hip hop heads appreciate, but I still think for as great as they are, I, I still think that they're vastly underrated. Mm-hmm. Uh, from lyricism to production to everything that they bring to the game, like. You know, when you mention the greats, I think De La Show should be. I mean, like individually, you, you'll never hear somebody say, "Well, you know, I, I put Paz right up there with, with Jay Z as far as lyricism." No, you'll never hear that. Uh-uh. But but you damn sure at, could. But if you look at their albums and what they were able to accomplish, and the, the you, you also have to look at the landscape, and that, that's the thing that I think people that's where people miss the boat on De La Soul. They miss the fact of where the landscape is as far as music is at the time that each of these albums drop. If you look at Three Feet High and Rising, dropped in 89. Look at what else was coming out in 89. Nobody looked like that. Nobody sounded And it, it wasn't necessarily about them being original, even though that was a huge feather in their cap, but they were dope. You know what I'm saying? I mean, like, it's, it's different. I mean, anybody can be weird, but be weird and dope at the same time. I mean, that says a lot. Um, my personal favorite album, uh, Stakes is High. Uh, that album, I'm going to be honest, I went back and forth between that album and their discography and Wu's discography, whether or not to put them in at five. 
Um, it's not even close on this guy. I, I had I'm just my personal opinion. I just they were among a couple other groups that were. I would if and we don't do if, if for those of you listening, Eclectic and I don't do ties. So you can't you know because ties is is a, is a punk way of going out. You say oh well I, for number four I got two groups tied at number four. Nah, and we mm-hmm. so you either in the top five or you're not. So you can't have two groups tied. So. You know, so I have some groups that I think would fall like six, seven, eight, nine, whatever, whatever. But De La Soul, man, I it was really, really hard keeping them out of my top five. Again, Balloon Mind State is probably my least favorite album. And I think De La Soul, and we're gonna talk about something in a second here. Um, it's one of those groups that if you don't put them like for me, I almost felt guilty not putting them in my top five, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's no shame in not making it. Like if you like like you when you talk about because you had PE at five, if you didn't put PE in your top five, you would have had a legitimate reason for not putting them in your top five. But it just didn't feel right. Exactly. Exactly. So yeah, Daylight is not in my top five. But if you ask a lot of hip hop heads, Daylight is gonna be in their top five. And you know what? I have no I I, I I can't argue, and I, and that's the thing. I, I think that what you'll understand, when you go back and you look at the list that both E and I compiled, you could probably on any given day flip flop a lot of these groups. Mm-hmm. And the cool thing about it is, is that I don't think either one of us is throwing out any groups that you could say, well, you know what, that's BS. They're not a top five group. I don't think that we've. I don't think that you that you could say that about anybody we've thrown out thus far. Um, yeah. So yeah, De La is, is incredible. Daylight, I, I got Daylight De- to me. It's like, and and they're like the Patriots, mm-hmm. where they consistently win, but outside of one dude, you can't name a single. <laughs> so they like they like if they like if the Patriots were the Patriots and did exactly what the Patriots did, but they Jeez. didn't. But they sure fine. But they, <laughs> but they didn't have Tom Brady. You didn't know Tom Brady. It was just, just who's this team that's always fucking <laughs> just right. They always, always there. They yeah. just they just always twelve and four every year. Or maybe or maybe if if since they won championships, you don't want to put them so like them. Put them there like the Bengals. The mm-hmm. the latest Bengals. They always make the playoffs. <laughs> but but that yeah, playoff we, that playoff we, win. We gotta do a sports show for real. We gotta do a sports podcast. Let, um let me finish though. Go ahead. The the playoff win is like that notoriety that you're gonna get. They just don't never get that. Right. <laughs> they're always there. They're always winning. They're always better than most of the rest of whoever's there. They're in the top, and this in the NFL case, top eight. Mm-hmm. They're always in the top ten every year, but people don't really check for them because it's like uh, it's almost like the De La Soul name, the name value. People still associate De La Soul to Three Feet High and Rising. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's almost like a um, it's almost like a Hershey bar where people are like, oh, it's just regular playing Hershey bar. It's been around forever. Right. But what about this baby roof though? It got this in it and this in it and this in it. Hershey bar is always going to be there. Yeah, it's always good. Always. If, I, if, if, if nobody has anything else, I'm going to rock with the Hershey bar. But 
It's always gonna be there. But I'm gonna I'm gonna fuck with this other joint that just came out. This Mars bar that ain't gonna be around for a couple. <laughs> or what you gonna call it? What you gonna call it? The new hotness. Because that's because it's always gonna be there. You know. So so that's that's how I look at it. But anyway, go ahead. But no, I, I think I think you you made some great points there. I, I like I said I can't. I can't even debate that right there. Um, my number two was a group that you mentioned that you had at five. I've got at two, and that'd be Public Enemy. Um, wow. Public Enemy ranks really, really high for me. This is sentiment. You know what? Some of it is. I, I, I can't lie, but I think when you look at part of it's sentiment, but I, I, I didn't let that be the final say on why they got ranked where they were. I think ultimately it comes back to me. Those first three albums, Yo Bumbers the Show, It Takes the Nation of Millions, Fear of a Black Planet, um, I think are three of the, I don't even want to say groundbreaking. I mean, like, they, they are landscape changers because I think Public Enemy, especially when you look at the, the social content of those albums, and what the message that Public Enemy was trying to convey, um, the you know Black Power movement. Uh, I'm not even gonna get into the songs. I think that right there resonates higher with me because they had a method to their madness and it had a message. And that's at the at the particular time that they came out. Nobody was doing it, and the and the groups that subsequently came after Public Enemy, they could do it, but nobody did it like PE did it. And I just they they are those three albums pushed them above most everybody else. Now they you know agree I agree with you. Um, <laughs> after Apocalypse, uh, there was there was a I ain't even gonna say there was a fall. They 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 really fell off. And I don't even know if it was so much part of it was the production because if you go back and and I from time to time I'll go back and listen to those albums. Um, you know what it was? What was it? It was the people who they were empowering outgrew them. So when we were coming up and they were giving us fight the power and all of this stuff, we was with them. Mm-hmm. And then slowly, we either were done with hip hop, started messing with R&B or something as you get older, or you went towards the Jay-Z's and Nas and Wu-Tang and all them, and you wasn't really even trying to hear that, and they weren't going to change what they were doing. So... And 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 the the message and the idea was probably still there, but the production got a little dated or mm-hmm. or wasn't as good because they weren't dealing with the same producers. They got away as from the bomb squad. They got away from the bomb squad. And they wasn't using uh, Primo and Pete Rock and none. Of, they wasn't using anybody that we would rock with. So it was they was just in suspended animation almost it was like uh that's what they and so then on top of that they didn't have the power of def jam behind them because def jam was going with math and red and foxy and all them and dmx so they didn't have the power of a label they didn't have current production and they were trying to empower a younger generation that don't really give a fuck 
Unfortunately, they just don't care. Now, the people that were listening to them were, we, you know, we got jobs and careers and we just want to listen to trying to find some kind of hip hop that was still kind of dope. But we wanted something dope that we could just rock to, not something that's going to make us go into work the next day and be like, fuck that. <laughs> Why didn't I get a raise last week? <laughs> Yo. Yo. You know, because what we was listening to, we was rocking with him. We was, we was living without consequence. We was right, just to fight right. the power. We had no job. We just like, yeah, exactly. But now it's like, ooh, yeah, yeah. I got a mortgage, man. I'm not going in there wilding out because, because uh, Nike is fucking doing some crazy shit overseas. Right. I'm about to get these retros. Oh man, boy, that's that's a great point, man. That 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 one. <laughs> <laughs> that is so true, and I think, man, we, you know what, it got to a point, and I don't even, to be honest, I don't even remember which album it was, but it got to a point where it sounded preachy, and I and I never wanted to look at P.E. like that, and, 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 and what you just said resonates with me, because I think that's where I was in my life, like, I wanted just, I wanted to hear something, like, yeah, I wanted to hear Jay-Z, I wanted to hear Nas, I wanted to hear Woo, and you know, PE was still there, but you know, I didn't necessarily want to hear you, you know, kind of preaching on every song, and it, and that's what it almost came off like it was. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if that's what necessarily the case. And then, as the albums, you know, as as their discography got older, I've you know gravitated more towards the the you know the the first few albums, and then the back end of their albums, they just. I would get them, and then like I'll give you an example. Like New World Order, is my, New World Order is my least favorite album. I probably listened to that album five times all the way through. I mean, it's just it's not a good album. And I bought it on the strength of Public Enemy. And then you, you touched on something earlier that was was very key, and what we all went through. Like there was a time in hip hop where we bought stuff just on the strength of yo. EPMD got a new joiner. I'm getting it. You're like, you wasn't worried about whether or not you knew it was going to be dope. Right. So you're going to get it. And then you, you get disappointed because you're like, yo, what is this? You know, and we went we ran into that with Tribe and, you know, a couple other groups as well. So I, I, I totally agree. Totally agree. And, and one last, one last thing that I, the on the outside, you're not going to really peep because most people don't know. But. Chuck D and Flavor Flav was way older than the people that we was listening to. Like, right now, um, so say their contemporaries was LL Cool J. Mm -hmm. LL Cool J is 40, he was 47, just turned 48. Now, Chuck D is 56. So back then, he was already like 10 years, almost 10 years older than the people that they was rocking with. Mm-hmm. So as the time goes, it's like, he also was like, I ain't about to talk about that. I'm older than that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, he wasn't going to change. He was not going to change. I mean, think, just think about that. 20, 20 years ago, 20 years ago, he was 35. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. That, that's that's mind-boggling when you think about it. So he was what in his 40s when Fight the Power dropped. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. See, 20 years ago, LL was 28. Right. It made sense what he what he was trying to do. He like, you know, this dude was retirement age. 
so 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 that's um, that's another thing that changed, you know. So when they go in and make these Apocalypse '91, and after that, they like, hey, I'm 40. <laughs> yeah, I think after after New World Order, I think I don't think I'll, I I have all of the other uh, PE albums, but I didn't buy them. You know, I've, I've copped them over the internet or something like that. I, I, I just, I was done. And, and not done as far as supporting them. But financially, I just wasn't going to give you my 12 I wouldn't give you my $12. I'll tell you, when when it happened with me, when it happened with me was the um, music and hour message. They had that, um, I think it was Give It Up, that video. It was off the yeah. PlayStation. When I saw that, I was like, yeah, I'm done. Um, Man, that's that, and that's you know, and that what was you know was crazy. You, this when you know it was bad for PE. That song got major radio plays. <laughs> it really did. Yeah, that's not a public enemy thing. Matter of fact, this is this is the guy that said radio suckers never, never played play on, on the mix. mix. They, they just don't okay. pay me. <laughs> but yeah, and then so when I saw that video, and then. They hit me with the he's got game. I was done. I was like, all right, you you got it, you got it, Chuck. I'm I'm good. And I still love him, you know. But um, no, man, I just, but you know, again, they in spite of all of that, they they they're at two for me. So now that leads us to number one, which by no surprise, if you know both Eclectic and I, we have the same number one. Sir, Wait a minute, we do? Yeah, we do have. We should have the same number one. Incredible. Because there's only one group left. <laughs> Wait a minute. We, you mean to tell me we got the same... Well, that was crap. Hey, I got a letter from my homie Big L in the mail. He said, <laughs> get your head out. Stay away from jail. Cause, I uh, know that song. That's, hey, man, that sounds incredible. Oh Are you telling me that the number one group that both of us, both of us have are the creators of the greatest 27 second song in the history of hip hop. Yeah, two live crew. Pop that P. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. When you was, yes. at, when you was at school, yes. when you was at school and you had your desk in front of you and oh, your man. boy turned to you and say, "Hey yo, J, check this out. I was, I was born." born. <laughs> the man just hit the hit the desk like Exactly, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the number one certified top five hip hop group of all time, uh, Run DMC. Run. So why, why do you have Run DMC ranked number one? Because even if they weren't the first to do it, they were the best to do it. They polished it up and they took it from the streets and like they said in my Adidas we took it from the streets and put it on TV um everybody could recognize a Run DMC track the the the, the personalities were different but the same you had Run that was really boasting. And you had DMC that was boasting, but DMC had the echo. He gave you the echo. There's only two people in, in hip-hop that rock the echo 
to perfection. That's DMC and Greg Nice. No two, no everybody else. Watch the echo better than these two individuals. But um, they embodied hip hop. It's it's only when when people that are non hip hop heads. Or when corporations and companies and, and, and other entities reference hip hop that aren't in, in the culture. Mm-hmm. There's only three individuals that gets character. It's Run, DMC, and LL. You're either gonna see somebody with their grandfather, the godfather hats, yep. and the striped Adidas and a gold chain. Or a red Kango gold chain and sneakers. When people say, oh, hip, that's what it is. That says a lot. That's Brent. That's Jeff. That's everything. That is the equivalent of Jerry West being the logo. Run DMC, if we, since we talk, of course, we won't talk about the other guy, but they're the they're hip hop logo. They're the logo. Yes, no question. So, um, so not to mention, you know, when they when they first came out, it, it was almost all we had. I mean, it was other people rocking in '84 and in '83, but when Suck MCs came out, we didn't know what to do with ourselves. We were like, "Word." <laughs> when Rockbox came on, because you got to understand, this is. We coming right off of the disco era. Yes. And 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 if you if you want to compare it, um, Rockbox, that sounds nothing yeah. like Emperor's Delight. Heavily, uh, heavy heavy metal influenced Rockbox. And 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 because you know, growing up, this is what we had. I mean, we know a lot of. Rock songs and groups because MTV. That's all they showed. That's all they showed. We didn't have we didn't have anything, so we just like you know what this this fucking Quiet Riot ain't that bad though. <laughs> Twisted Sister ain't Twisted, that bad. Twisted Sister, come on for the noise. My man said I want to rock and did the guitar and the dude flew out the window in the video like this dude's all right. We didn't even Z top. We didn't even care about you know half of them wearing makeup and tight pants. We just like look man, this is this is what's on TV. We are gonna roll with it. All we got. But um. But the fact that when Run DMC came out and they gave us Rock Box and they gave us Suck MCs and it's like that. And the, and the fact that it was social commentary. Um, it's like that. That's the way unemployment at a record high. <laughs> That's the first, <laughs> the first yes, yes, three yes. words of the song. <laughs> unemployment at a record high. high. And so... Uh, don't ask me because I don't know why. I like that, and that's the way it is. This is when hip hop was at its infancy, but it was at its most powerful and important. You you can't point out a song that is trying to really report on the the economy and how it's affecting people in the streets. The comma, you dare. Sure, because somebody somebody might be like, well, uh, Kendrick had this, or or Frank Ocean had this. Comma, you can't find a dope song that we gonna rock to that is pointing out this stuff. Like I, I said before, I was um, on a podcast, um, and I said hip hop was so dope 
aforementioned uh, song, you could rock a party rhyming about a bad plate of food <laughs> at your boy's house. That is how dope hip hop. I mean, you you in a club? Have you ever been over a friend's house to eat? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> you can't do that right now, man. Jay nah. can't be like me and Beyonce had a steak. Yeah, <laughs> like fuck it out of here, man. But you can rock a whole party, and on top of that, most hip hop heads would hit you word for word that whole verse. Whole verse. Whole. I mean, like that. But, their albums. Like their albums. Over. <laughs> with a smile like so but so run dmc they brought that they brought that to the street though because they didn't wear no tight mm-hmm. joints they, they they gave you the the the, the adidas with no shoestrings in them because he did not win them he bought them off the ass with the black, black lead denim. denim and the hats and the, the jumpsuits and the, it was just they the branding when you when you see Two red bars and white letters in the middle. You know where that came from? Mm-hmm. Always, That's always branding. And back then, it was a thing. Run DMC had a logo. The Fat Boys had a logo. Houdini had a logo. They had their own font. You could just you would see it from afar. You'd be like, I know who that is. That's the that's the Houdini joint. Uh, Fat Boys. Fat Boys had their own colors and they had their own jackets. Red, gold, and black. That was the Fat Boys joints. We're hitting gold and red and black. You best believe it. The Fat Boys are back. So Run DMC started that though. Mm-hmm. So I mean, they had to be number one. I could, I couldn't fuck around. I mean, if, if I was being sentimental and if I was trying to say, yeah, based off of this guy, <clears throat> yeah, I'm gonna put Dayla up there, but you stop it. <laughs> it's, it's, exactly. It's the answer is, is stop it. Run DMC, King of Rock, Raising Hell. Tougher than leather. Back from hell. Back from hell. Down with the King, I didn't like. Now, that was going to be my next least favorite album. Was it Down with the King or. Uh... It had to be Crown Royal. If, you, if, you, if you're going to. For me, it was Crown Royal. Yeah, it has to be Crown Royal. Even though it had one of the dopest songs to come out of Run DMC's catalog Queen's Day. Queen's Day. Queen's Day was. Queen's Day was incredible because and here's the illest thing Queen's Day and the people listening Queen's Day was on Crown Royal and it was Run, Nas and Prodigy because they're all from Queens Mm -hmm. the best part is Run had the illest part of the song he did he did so he's on there with Nas and we know Nas we know Nas um, and and Prodigy at the time was no, nope. though know, he was coming he, off. Yeah, yeah, he was he was but, on his own. Yep. Yeah. <clears throat> but Ron came through and said, "What? Well, I, I I was in a drive-through. I was in a. Uh, I think I was in like a Raleigh's Checkers drive-through when I heard it for the first time, and." And 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 Run's part came on. He said, "I will never forget this." He said, "Who's more?" No, wait, wait, no. he said, "Been the illest since day one. Too advanced to ever be caught. Who's more legendary than me?" That's what I thought. <laughs> 
And if you and if somebody want to test mine, you watch this. Peter Piper picked peppers. And he, then he said, "See, I knew you knew the next line." <laughs> yes. He, he said, "He said, see, I knew you the next. See, I knew you knew the next line, and I bet you said it." Just spend a minute. I'm still the king of the world, so don't forget it. I was like, oh my God, because yes, yes. he said, and if somebody want to test mine, you watch this. It's Peter Parker pick peppers. I was like, a run, run, cross. And then he said, see, I knew you knew. It's the next line. Like, it's almost like he was talking to you. I was like, yo, that was the illest thing <laughs> I've ever heard him say, man. That motherfucker said, you watch this. Peter Parker pick pepper. <laughs> Queen's Day is an incredible song. Like you said, it wasn't a great album. Mm-mm. It was my least favorite album. Because but, DMC um, wasn't even was a rocket with him. Right. DMC right. wasn't on the album. Right. So yeah, and you can't have Run DMC without DMC. I mean, it's just though those guys, man, I think, you know, obviously they were influential. Um it, 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 it's, it's, it's not even a question, really, as number one. I mean, not only did they shatter barriers and, and they opened up a lot of doors, but they were innovators and they, like you said, they, they everything from the way that they rhymed to the way that they looked came from the streets. Mm-hmm. And it was, like you said, it was the purest of the essence of what hip-hop was at the time. I mean, like, they the thing that was great about one of the things that one of the many things that was great about them is that they came through at a time that it was pure so it wasn't watered down so when you when run rhymed you got run you there wasn't anybody saying yo run you need to sound like this for the way you need to make a radio song or you need to make a you know a song for the homies no nah, i mean like it was just jam master j run dmc that was it you know if you went to their shows, it was just them. When Run took his shoe off and told everybody in the in the Coliseum in New York City, oh, the whole let's sneak their Adidas up. Everybody held their Adidas up. They didn't need any back backup dancers or anything like that. It was just, I mean, but they got a deal off of that. Off of that, a rap a rap group got a sneaker deal. Yes. Mm, 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 mm. Mm. I mean, so. It goes without saying, man. Uh, my favorite Run DMC album, Raising Hell. Gotta be. Gotta be. Um, I mean, you could make a case that it's, you know, a top five album of all time. I mean, like, there's no. I mean, I have it in my top five of all time. Me too. Me too. Hands down. Hands down. There's there's not a song on that 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 I don't love. Um, I could tell you four of my top five off the top of my head. <laughs> pay the full, criminal minded, raising hell, great adventures. That's four of my top five of all time right there. You know what? And, and I can understand people putting nations as the fifth. I can, I can totally get that. I can you, see you people straight out of Compton. Mm, but yeah, mm, those are my top. I, those are my top four. That's that's a strong top four. Hey dog. <laughs> There's, I couldn't, I couldn't remove any of those from a top four, to be honest. And it depending on the day, it just depends on how you feel as to where, you know, where you want to rank them. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, man, that's our certified uh, top five. Now before we get out of here, I gotta ask. You I know more. it has to be more. I know there, it has to be more. I know we know we're near the end of the show. No, we're we're almost done. But here's the thing, I, I gotta ask because I wrote some down. Okay. Um, and it's just because I know you're great off the dome. 
I'm going to throw out some groups and you tell me just off the top of your head where you would rank them. Because obviously when you have a top five, uh-huh. yeah, there's going to be a whole bunch of groups that get left out. Uh, so I'm going to throw some out and just off the top, you know, if you say top 10, top 20, top 30, top 100, top 100. Oh, okay. That's all you want? Okay. I thought you wanted yeah, yeah. numbers. No, okay. no, no, no. Um, no, because it's, it's, cause it's too many. And, and I know that you did a top 50. And some of these that was a that was a collaboration, right? A lot and, of people, and I that doesn't necessarily mean. And, and for the specifics of this show, I did not look at that, so I didn't want to be influenced by your list. Right. Um, and I I knew that you probably would, you probably wouldn't venture too far off the list, but I know that you know you have a certain list in your head. Now I'm being. Uh, being subjective here or, or is it my personal or is it being subjective and this is where they should be this just give me your personal oh like personal okay. yeah, just okay. your you know no okay. hold barred all right let's do if it you, if you got them in the top 20 top 30 top 100 150 all right let's do um, it um brand newbie top 25 okay okay all right it's not 25 uh naughty by nature uh, Fetty. Okay. Cypress Hill. Top Fetty. Naughty by nature, Cypress Hill is in the 40 to 50 range. Okay. 40, 50. Okay. Uh, the Locks. Uh... Top. That's tough. That's tough right there. They in the they in the they in the they in the twenty to thirty five range. Okay, uh, you know, let me back up. I, brand newbie, I probably say top thirty. Naughty top forty. Cypress Hill top forty. Locks. See, because I'm because when you brought up locks, I'm looking at the group. Yeah, yeah, the group discography. Um, and I can't name I can't name five locks uh, songs. I probably could name five, but I probably say top thirty. Um, I can name if you think I'm jiggy. Because <laughs> if you think about it, all the joints is not there. Like we go make it is not a lock. Right, song. right. It's not a lock. That's right, a right. Jada song. song. Hey, mm-hmm. Um, all right, Goody Mob. Honey, <laughs> I, I say top. I say top forty for Goody Mob. All right, Salt and Pepper. Top thirty, top twenty-five, top thirty, twenty-five to thirty range. I got twenty-five, twenty-five top, top twenty-five. Um, the aforementioned two live crew. Honey. Oh, you could, come on, eat. Nigga, come on. They're not even. They're not really even. I mean, they're not. They're not good. Shout out to Uncle Luke. I, I mean, not even. I'm saying good. They're not even really hip hop, though. I mean, but they just as nasty as they want to be. Shit is garbage, man. You're not gonna listen to that shit again, man. Stop it. Uh, I got two live. It's probably about top fifty. Oh my god. Um, Somebody pissed. Ghetto boy. Ghetto Boys, top fitting. I got them in my top twenty. Okay, so we're top fitting. I love the Ghetto Boys. Yeah, me too. Me too. Um, shout out to Grip It on the other level. Yeah. Uh, the Fugees. 
top 30? I say top 40. Um, yeah, I can see that. 30 or 40, right? Because only on the strength of the fact that they only got, they only had two albums. They only had two albums, and I mean, as much as as much as the score, you you did a great podcast on it, even though if you was bullshitting by giving Wyclef <laughs> and prize props. Well, thank um, you. Somebody had to somebody has to tell you the truth. You know, you got friends that be like, oh man, you did a great podcast. It was okay, but you was going a little too crazy giving these guys props. Um, <laughs> they, I mean, it's hip hop, but it's yeah, it's watered down, man. It's close to hip hop. It's the dawn of hip hop. Yeah, and, and I mean. Yeah, I, I'd say 40, man. As much as I love, I, I like Blunted on Reality. I love the score. Um, I just, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I could, I could probably come up with some groups better. If I mean, oh, again, their, their longevity is one thing that yeah. really kind of shot them in the foot. Okay, oh, this is fun. I like this. How about the Beastie Boys? Beastie Boys, top 25. I got top 20. Yeah. Um, I'm very interested on this one. We, I think we, I think we're going to be pretty close on this one. Houdini. Top 25. Same, same, same. Houdini has incredible classics. Same. Yep. I got him in the top 25. Uh, the Roots. I, I know we're not going to agree on this. <laughs> um, I mean, just off of they probably are at twenty five. Okay, I've got them between top ten, and top fifteen. Mm. Uh, mm-hmm. I wrote down Daylight, so Daylight's in your top five. Daylight's in my top ten. Mm. Um, Outcast. Personal. <laughs> I'm being so this personal. This is not personal. This is not This is not the. This is not the, the source. This is eclectic. Eighty-eight. <laughs> top eight. I, I got him in the top, top. ten. Uh, <laughs> APMD, you had in your top five. I got him in my top ten. Uh, UGK. <laughs> I'm killing this guy. <laughs> Don't let me drink my water. <laughs> oh, oh he said hundred. Nah, man. UGK, I got him in top thirty. Okay, um, all right. Or no, 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 Eighty-seven. Because <laughs> I like, I like them more than that other group that I said eighty-eight. Oh man. Um. Pocket full of stones is incredible. Eight ball and MJG. Honey. <laughs> Them can go down there, honey. I got eight ball and MJG in my top 50. They're the space age dudes, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah honey. Um, the infamous, Mob D. Thirty-five. I got, I got top four. I got time. Yeah, see, we, we're close. Yeah, so we, we're close. We're close. <clears throat> and, and that wraps it up, man. Ladies and gentlemen. Oh, come on. Have... I, got, I got a few more. I, I, I got a couple. I mean, no, those are just the ones I wrote down. If you got more, we can, we can run them. Of course I do. First, I'm going to ask you this. 
Mm-hmm. Does red and meth count as a group? You know what? By this definition, mm-hmm. uh, they're yeah. a group because they have two albums. Now they don't. Now, but by the the criteria that we lay, laid out initially, they don't have a classic. But yeah, you could write, you could recognize them as a group. Okay, where would you put them? I would probably put Red Meth um, as a duo. Probably top thirty. Probably top thirty. Okay. So very solid. Red Meth. Right, I got twenty-five. Um, Black Star. Ah. Um. say top 40. Okay, I got 50. Um, the far side. Hmm. Love far side. Um, I say top 50. Yeah. I say 50, 75. <laughs> uh, digital underground. Love sex. I love sex packets, but probably top top sixty. I put them in the forty. Really? Well, hump the hump. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Sex packets is incredible. It's too incredible. Great album. And uh, Son of the P. Son of the P is dope. We had uh, No Deal No Zap. Um. Okay. What about High Road? Oh, I'm about to say what the fuck is that? Uh, (laughs) High Road Blizzard. Um. 60. Here is the ultimate, the ultimate disagreement. People, if you stuck with us, and they have, this is where we're gonna severely disagree. I'm saying this is gonna be, if you're if you're betting people, this is gonna be a 20, 20 to 30 spot spread. <laughs> this is gonna be like how that other group I put at 88. Was and he yeah, put up in his top, whatever crazy, which is crazy. Dre and Scoob effects. Uh, and they they were dope, they were dope. They just got you, they, this and they got lost in the shuffle, though, man. Um, I say top 30. Uh, okay, I got them in my I got them in my 10 to 15 range. Really, that's high, that's really high, yeah, man. I love, hey, man, it got like three dope. Three albums that's like, yeah. I don't remember two. Why that man? Got Um. Okay. Camp Low. Fitty. Mm, I put him in Fitty. Uh, they in my top 15. That is high. They in my really, top. Really, Camp Low? Really? Camp Low's incredible. The, the, la- the latest album is tight. But... Everything is tight. They've never come back on an old school track. <laughs> Shout out to Montel. I'm, okay, okay. Bone Thugs. Mm, probably about top eighty. Yeah, I could see that. I'm I'm gonna just slap him in there with a uh, space age. Shout out to Bone and Biggie. No, no shout out. <laughs> you don't like that. I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you a group I got higher than than Bone. And Space Age, and and the '88 group. 
<laughs> you about to you about to lead a shot. You about to lead a shot. Don't hit don't 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 hit it. Don't hit it. Channel live. <laughs> Come on. Come on, man. You you can't name five people in channel live. I don't even know if five people in channel live. It's only two people. Okay, channel. well thank you. There you go. I remember that one song, Madism. Madism. Have oh, they done any other song besides Madism? Sex That's for the Sport of It was dope. Never heard of it. You might as well put the Lost Boys up there. Where you put the Lost Boys at? Uh, Lost Boys probably top 75. I put them in the top. I put them in my top 30. Now, remember, we're going off the dome, but... From the top 30? Is Mr. Cheek still alive? Yeah, he's still alive. What about, um... What about... What about, um... Audio 2. Mm, milk. Probably put them like top 60. Top, probably top 65. I, <clears throat> they'd be in my top 30 to 40. Uh, let me see. I'll give you a couple more then we can get out of here. Um, kid and Play. Okay. Now, now this is interesting. Mm-hmm. Um... wouldn't call them lyrical but i probably you know what man just on nostalgia i probably kid play probably be in my top 40 they're probably in top 40 i'm gonna put them in the in the 50 probably in their 49 to 40 47 48 49 50 50 range um i'm not, I'm not even gonna i'm not even gonna fucking just... how about uh run the jewels 200 <laughs> Too fatty. It's time to go, man. Hey, yeah, go ahead. Wrap oh, it up, man. It's your show. Oh, man. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> this has been fun. And this is the first, as I told you guys before, when I first started the podcast, man, I was going to definitely have my man on because he, he did me a solid bringing him bringing me on his his podcast for the first time um when we did it, it seems like ages ago but those shows are timeless so if you if you haven't done so already make sure that you go back and listen to those shows uh before we get out of here man I'm gonna turn it over to you e tell them where they can find you tell them where they can where they should follow you at tell them about all the particulars and everything that's popping off with you Alright, alright everybody. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to say this as quickly but as uh, intelligently as possible. Take your time. Um Eclectic. Um that is E C L E C T I K. Podcast is the Eclectic Discussion Podcast. It's on iTunes, it's on Stitcher, and it's on SoundCloud. The podcast, like you said, timeless. There's no current events, no current topics. It is straight nostalgia. It's 80s and 90s um, uh, memories and, and thoughts. It's um, the Mary J. Blige kill R&B. Um, there's uh, uh, Mario Brothers. Was Super Mario a stalker or a drug, drug addict? Is um, that Bruce Wayne had to kill everybody to make the Batcave? There's Transformers. There's Saturday morning cartoons. There's high school memories, grade school memories. Yes. There's, there's there's a ton of uh, things that you can listen to anytime. It's not I didn't get there in the beginning. You can jump in at any any point. Um, the Twitter for that is at podcast EDP. Also, there's the Encyclopedia Hip Hop podcast that I that I also run. Um, 
that is available on iTunes and Stitcher and SoundCloud. Um, that has spotlight shows on EPMD, the Head Squad, the Juice Crew, um, 1991 Hip Hop Classics, the Hilltop Hustlers, um, MC Light versus Antoinette. Um, it's, it's, there's, there's a ton of uh, shows on there. Um, the Twitter for that is at Tweet Rhymes Life. Don't know where I got that from. <laughs> right. But that is the, I got it from the incredible document. Uh, Terry oh. film about Tribe Called Quest. That was yeah. the name of the movie. Right. Um, even though it was I had the name that... of the album, but it was the name of the movie. Yeah, it was the name of the movie. It's incredible. They should have should have made an album. Um, if, but if you listen to those shows, look, I've I've, I've had uh, Mr. Kyle on multiple shows. I've had a couple of might have had a Grammy Award winner on the show. Might have had a couple of award winners on the show. Um, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Um, also, lastly. If you've been on the internet for at this point, if you've been anywhere and you heard one gotta go. Oh my gosh, they're killing you, man. I am the creator and the originator, and I run the website, and I have the at one gotta go Twitter account. That is me. So um that's what that is. So yeah. <clears throat> and there you have it, folks. Um Man, it was uh, as I mentioned at the top. A stone groove, my man. <laughs> yeah, this it was. Uh, it's all subjective, man. But again, when you're dealing with two people who have been tenured in hip hop, when we say something certified, it's certified. So this is the official certified top five. If you disagree, and some of you may disagree with our top five, hit us up. You know where to find us on Twitter, all the socials. Uh, the, the the groups that we ran down at the end here of the podcast uh, strictly off the dome but if you have <laughs> some disagreements they, about where about why are where, you laughing there's no way they can disagree with what I was I mean you got outcast at 88 I mean <laughs> listen that's a good position for them. <laughs> oh my god so <clears throat> nonetheless folks as always man definitely appreciate the love make sure that you subscribe to my podcast make sure you subscribe to his Follow us, hit us up, and um, we'll be seeing. We, this is not the this is the first, but definitely not the last time we're gonna have E Clayton on the Twelve Cow Podcast. So for my man E, I'm your host Twelve Cow. We'll holler at you next time. Five thousand.